Hello and welcome again to the True Growth Podcast. It's been almost six months. I can't believe that I've been bringing this podcast to you every week for the last six months. It's been a fantastic journey and I'm really excited because I have just agreed with Kim, the lovely Kim who edits the podcast, to do another six months. So you're not getting rid of me yet. However, I'm looking for some suggestions for the second series for the podcast. And um, please do let me have your comments and suggestions for the sort of things you've really enjoyed mostly out of these um, episodes that I've been bringing you. So I've brought a mixture of things to you just to see what you feel lands best with you and what you're finding most helpful. And for the rest of May, I'm going to be bringing you some really special recordings. Now, these are coming straight from a Facebook Live that I did. It was a spring into action, foundations of self-care. It was a five-day project and I'm extending it to six. And what I'm going to do here is bring you the highlights from those episodes. So today we're going to be getting the highlights from the first two topics, which were eating and staying hydrated. Now, whilst many of these ideas are not new, what is happening, and I generally find this, is that people don't necessarily put these things into their daily practice. So each of these samples that you're going to be getting will bring you the tools, the strategy, the mindset to not only have and create goals that are in alignment with all of who you are, but also to give you the strategy and the systems for making sure you implement. Because without that, you know, it is really just learning. So I'm not going to chatter for any longer. I'm going to let you go straight in. But if I make reference to things which you can't see, unfortunately, as I say, they are from the live recordings. So just have to use your imaginations on that one, my lovelies. I know you can do that. And at the end of each segment, so today you'll be getting... Eating is the first part, and then a segment on hydration. But at the end of each segment, there's going to be a little challenge section. So if you want to take part in that, then please do. Because if you let me know how you've got on, I'm happily send you the book that I produced at the end of this fantastic project. A whole 12,000 words, The Foundation for Self-Care. And that copy is for you free, my darlings, just for letting me know that you have taken on these challenges and given it your all. So come on, let's dive in to the Foundations of Self-Care, part one and two. Welcome to the True Growth Podcast with me, Viv Allen, success coach and trusted counsellor. Each week, I'm sharing with you the best of the tools, tips and techniques I have learned in over 10 years of professional and personal development designed to empower you to take courageous action in your business and in your life so you can free up more time and earn more money. It is my mission to lead you towards your inevitable success on your terms so you can live a more joy-filled life by connecting what's in your head with what's in your heart. If you're ready to live your life with more ease and fun, doing what you love with who you love, then this show is for you. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much for coming along to join me this morning. I'm super excited because I have got five days of foundations uh, for self-care. And I guess 
it, this kind of came around because it's springtime. And I first started thinking about spring cleaning. I don't know, but we've all been tied up for a little while and locked down. So I'm feeling a bit bouncy and itching to get going. And I guess really that self-care is so important. If we don't get those foundations right at the beginning, you know, it can set us off on a, the trajectory like for the day, you know, which can just, I don't know, make the difference between the sun shining and maybe having just a grey old day. So I felt it was really important to be able to share some of these things with you. Nothing I'm going to suggest is going to cost you any money or it's going to be it cost you. All I'm going to ask you to do is invest a little bit of time. But hey, this is time well spent because investing in yourself is the best investment you could make. And I firmly believe that. So whether it's time or money in your education, but just taking that time for you is absolutely vital. So I have got my notes here, so hopefully we'll get through everything. Today, we're going to start talking about the first foundation, which would be about eating and food, because uh, let's face it, <laughs> we don't eat. We're not going to keel over pretty quick, aren't we? So I thought that might be a good place to start. And also, I think, you know, I had a conversation with a client quite recently, and she was talking about some stuff that was going on for her and, you know, things that were happening in her life. And I said, well, how do you take care of yourself? You know, you're a really busy mom, you're working hard. What do you do for you? And she just was like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, she really didn't have a sort of a self-care routine or any habits that was going to support that foundation that she needed to be a really good mom and to be, you know, successful in her job and in the business she was wanting to create. So, and I was really struck by, wow, I remember that feeling myself, particularly when the kids are little, you know, you're so busy looking after them and taking care of all their, everyone else's needs that you kind of forget about you. So, as I said, we're going to start talking about food. Um, now, I want to start head up here. I am a therapist and a coach. I have got a lot of experience, though, with food and mood and how it can impact your day and that ultimately impacts those that are around you. So I've been very lucky to work with some fantastic uh, nutritional experts over the years and uh, I had a cat Kimber on the podcast uh, from New Nutrition talking recently about how people's relationship with food makes a big difference to how they feel and you know that obviously has a knock-on effect onto everything else. So Anyway, I, that was, you know, I wanted to just say I'm not an expert, but I'm going to share with you my knowledge and how this, I uh, think that relates. I also want to talk about, and this will be a theme for every day. Okay, so one thing, having knowledge, great. I've read gazillions of books. I'm an avid self-learner and um, it's something I've always been very passionate about. But one thing that has taught me is that you have to apply that knowledge. And so you might have a goal, I don't know, uh, say, for example, I don't know, you decide you want to run a 10K in the summer. Now, that's your goal. That's great. That's future paced. How are you going to get there? How are you going to make that goal happen? Well, I guess you're going to have to have a strategy. So you know where you want to be at the end point, but how, you know, what steps have you got to take to get you there? So we're going to talk about goals, but we're also going to talk about strategy. But there's another element that's really important, and it quite often gets overlooked because I have got loads of goals and lots of strategy. Sometimes I don't get there. And the reason I don't get there is because I haven't systemized it. 
I haven't created a system that's going to support me in achieving my strategy or keeping to the strategy, which is going to get me to the goal. I mean, how do you cope? I mean, how are you coping in this current situation? You know, what is your relationship with food like? I mean, what is your go-to? First up here for me, I know when I've had a really long day, that the first thing I'll do when I leave the office is come and put my head straight in the fridge. And I'm not even hungry. I just go, you know, that is just a habit I formed. And I really think it went right back for coming home from school. And it's the first thing I would do when I get home from school was head straight to the hit fridge. And I've noticed it's just something my kids do too. So I don't know where this comes from, but there's obviously part of me that feels like it wants to be nurtured. And if I'm not conscious, I could just reach in the fridge, grab some cheese, just grab anything and eat it and eat it as I'm wandering around thinking about the evening. And before I might even prepared my supper, I've actually eaten my dinner just whilst walking around the kitchen. So what do you reach for, I guess? And have you ever noticed that you have some bizarre eating habits, you know, that maybe you hadn't even noticed before until this current situation, which seems to be highlighting all kinds of strange habits that we have? And do you also ever have this experience? I think it's an expression, isn't it? Hangry? And again, this is, you know, something which I don't know if it's a newish kind of word, but it's definitely something which I think would have been really helpful to have known much sooner in my life. That when I'm hungry and perhaps I've been busy and I'm not paying attention to my hunger and maybe I've skipped meals, I get irritable, I start to lose concentration and it has an overall impact on me, but also those around me who snap come from primal need to know you're cared for and your needs are met yeah thanks Kate yeah literally checking food (laughs) it's crazy isn't it we do do it as adults it's really funny but I really love to hear that actual uh, connection with that primal need that's really interesting because of course the whole point about food and why it's the first foundation I've chosen to talk about today is because it's about nurturing and nourishing ourselves and um Uh, You know, that's absolutely really fundamental to that. And then another, thinking about another client recently as well, and thinking about actually this whole idea of nourishment. So this is a family I was working with. And what was really interesting there is that he'd had an eating disorder as a younger person. So when they got together as a couple, that was okay because they kind of managed it as a couple. It didn't really impact on their uh, family life, as it were. And how that manifested for him is that when things were going well, he loved to cook. So he'd shop and he'd cook and he'd really get involved. And she felt really loved and nurtured and supported. She really appreciated him doing the cooking and all the foraging. And then, um, hi, Sam, lovely to see you. Oh, yes, up in my walk. Yeah, we're getting onto hydration. That's tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so, so back to the story. So he, that worked well for them as a couple. But then it came along, one child, two child, three children. And what was happening is the pressure was building in the household with this very young family. They were both working full time. His eating disorder started to come back. And when he was in this stressed place, what he would do was withdraw from food so he wouldn't eat with the family and he didn't cook the meals anymore and he wouldn't go shopping for the family food shop although he would go into his own food shop now of course this had a knock-on effect 
on the wife and his partner because she no longer felt nurtured and supported by him. And in fact, then she was left wrestling with the three children at the supper table at that point at the time of the day, you know, like sort of five to six o'clock when everyone's at their wits ends. And um, he didn't really appreciate, and neither did she until we started working together, how this whole system that they had when they were as a couple and they managed completely impacted on the family as they were... Um, you know, now raising a family and the pressure was rising. And I think about it too, you know, think about that message, that subliminal message that was going across the children about his eating habits and how it would impact on them as a family that he wouldn't come to the table and be part of that social uh, experience and exchange of actually um, of eating together and preparing meals together. So I guess what I uh, wanted to cover today, so I, I want you to take away today are, um, so I guess, three things. One is the first one I've been talking about quite a bit, which is about preparing, preparing for meals, planning for meals. It's so important and so fundamental. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you start to think about, oh, it feels like a long time ago now, but maybe you were going out for dinner. You know, would you spend time thinking about what you're going to wear and, you know, where you were going to eat, what you were going to eat, what menu you fancied? Oh, do we want Chinese or should we have Indian? You know, all of those sorts of things that was all preparing you for that one event. But when it comes to day to day, you know, evening meals, well, do we spend as much time preparing for that? Do we put as much love and effort into that? Or is it just that food becomes uh, just fuel or an inconvenience even? So I also want to talk about fresh food because that is really important. We are what we eat, as they say. And if you are eating a food that is dead and lifeless, then I'm not surprised if you come to me and say, I'm feeling really lethargic. And um, it has a, you know, a, a really basic messaging that you're sending to yourself. If you value what you eat and what you put into your body you are showing and demonstrating to yourself many times a day that you love and value and appreciate yourself and food a bit like our feet can just be something we totally disregard and yet it's absolutely fundamental we have to fuel ourselves for the task at hand and you know if you again back to that whole 10k thing we were talking about earlier you know, if you were going to be preparing for an event, you would need to eat the right kind of fuel for that event. Every day is an event of your lifetime. Every single day is an opportunity for you to create that best version of you. And that's got to start with these foundations of what, how we nourish ourselves and that fuel. So uh, eating fresh food is an absolute fundamental and I know that people sometimes will object about fresh food because they say it's expensive but I challenge you on this one because like if a banana costs 20p and a chocolate bar costs 70p you know what do you choose I love cooking from scratch too and in fact that's another thing which people will say that I haven't got time to prepare meals they take too long to cook from scratch again I'm really going to challenge you on this one because you know, how long does it take to steam a bunch of veg? 10 minutes? How long does it take to boil some brown rice? 
20 minutes. Brown rice does take longer, I'll get you that. But brown rice is also protein. So you may even be able to skip traditional proteins that might be your go-to, like cheese or... Uh, is cheese a protein? Um, I said I wasn't a nutritional expert. <laughs> uh, but like fish and meat and things like that. So I really think you could put a meal on the table in 30 minutes from scratch. It might not be a flamboyant meal with lots of sauces, but for sure there are plenty of one-pot meals around. It's plenty of opportunity. We've got this amazing thing called Google. So I'm not even going to go here into too much depth about recipes and stuff like that because, you know, go knock yourselves out. You'll find what you're looking for, for sure. And, you know, you can't cook, you won't cook. Great, okay. Just eat raw. Raw food is really good for you because you remember I said you are what you eat. So if you eat lifeless food, then, you know, you're going to feel lifeless. So raw food is actually fantastic for raising your energy levels and raising your vibrations. And then, of course, there is the opportunity to buy local and organic because that gives you another experience. A bit more challenging today, I accept, but I have actually started growing some vegetables. And in fact, there you go, my beetroot on the go on the windowsill here. So yeah, absolutely started growing my own. My dining table wasn't being used so much, so I'm using it as a nursery for all my seedlings. And then I guess the other thing is to talk about mindset. Okay, so I touched on this a little bit when I was saying, you know, that food that we eat, you know, if we're buying low quality food, we're eating dead food, processed food, anything that doesn't actually look like food, like Cheetos or something like that it's like <laughs> your body's not designed to process that stuff it's going to have a knock-on effect this isn't rocket science so honor yourself by treating yourself to good fresh food and your family too um oh my goodness and I've had an absolute revelation on this myself recently you know I'm still learning too um this was around wine and I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but I had, uh, went to a virtual wine tasting on Friday, which was amazing, by the way. And um, I brought along, anyone just brought along a bottle of wine. So I had a glass of wine that I just bought cheaply from the supermarket. And the experience of actually having to read the label and think more deeply beyond, oh, it's a bottle of white Chardonnay, that'll do. Great. It costs seven quid. Super. It's in the bag really hit home to me about my mindset because what I hadn't realized is whilst having sorted out pretty much my diet and I'm pretty good with my rainbow foods and fresh healthy food I really hadn't upgraded my drinking habits and my choices around that and it didn't even align with my values it wasn't organic it wasn't fair trade and I like oh my goodness I've compromised myself so much and I really was surprised and I guess what I realized too because I am believing here about noticing our thoughts not judging our thoughts but when I really spent some time thinking about it and reflecting on it I realized I hadn't upgraded my wine choice selection method since about 1980 which is hilarious even to the point that I expect to pay the same price for a bottle of wine now as I would have done then so that was great because as soon as I realized that, I went, hey, I can upgrade this thought. And for me, I systemized it because I decided that, okay, so if it cost me seven pounds for a glass of wine in a pub 
and I'm having six glasses out of a bottle, six sevens. I can't do maths, but I think that's like 42 pounds, which would be a very nice bottle of wine. In fact, I don't even know where I could buy a bottle of wine for 42 pounds from the supermarket. But it definitely meant I could spend more than seven pounds on a bottle and maybe I could go for something that was more aligned to my values. So I just want to recap here before I go too deep and just let you know that I am coming towards about three quarters of the way through my <laughs> my little list of things to say. But I wanted to talk about systemizing. So to recap on everything I've covered so far, essentially I'm saying prepare, plan your meals. If you have other people living in a household, do it as a joint exercise, get them engaged in looking for recipes, have fun with it, experiment, play with your food, okay? I definitely would say play with your food and try foods that you've never tried before. And then I would also say, think about your mindset, think about the messages you want to send to your body and how they can be in alignment with who you are and who you value. So like if I walked into your house and opened your fridge, what would it say about you? Would it reflect who you think you are, or who you want to be? And so obviously just to go on to the systemization. So a couple of tips here. Now, I was at, just before we went into this lockdown period, I was at an event where Barbara Cox was speaking. Barbara Cox is a local uh, lady who's uh, run some amazing businesses. And I first came across her probably 20 years ago when she did her first business, which was NutriChef. And she was the first home delivery of like, systemized menus funnily enough so they were completely balanced and they were set up for exactly what you wanted to achieve so if it was weight loss was your achievement then she'd send you a package of food that was targeted for that if it was for detoxification she'd send you a package that was balanced for that but one of the things I took away well many things I took away from Barbara's talk because she is amazing was about obviously the importance of food for your new immune system so again Lots of immune-boosting tips she gave us, like turmeric and chili and rosemary and all kinds of stuff. That was great. Oh, goji berries. They're really good for you, apparently. Oh, macadamia nuts, Brazil nuts. You know, all those things are really good for you. Or walnuts, I think. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Check out Barbara for more information. But um, the one of the things I did take away with her, and from a systemizing point of view, was that she had a thing which she said, no carbs after three o'clock. And I was like, I don't know why that was. I can't remember. But I thought it was a great system because it's like, that's a really simple thing. You can interject into your mind's eye and go, okay, so first half of the day, I'm going to load up with carbohydrates. Second half of the day, I don't. Maybe I stick to fruit and vegetables and some other kind of proteins. The other thing was, I did talk about this already, about rainbow food. Now, this is a fantastic system because if you think about rainbow foods, and that means getting every colored food into your diet as so increases the variety because that's what's really important, particularly for getting essential nutrients um, and trace minerals. So like I could do the rainbow song, red and yellow and pink and green. Anyway, I don't think it goes like that. But thinking about rainbow foods, making sure that every day maybe you can, or at least throughout the week, you get a real variety. And this is something to really notice on your mindset. Notice if you ever gravitate towards a certain color. And I know that when I get home from holiday, the first shop I do is always full of green vegetables. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're all green. 
So think about that. And then the one other thing is, I love this, but do you know that has anybody heard about this Japanese way of eating where you eat to uh, 80% full and you, you sort of step away from the plate at 80%? Well, I like that also because I like to prefer to eat a more plant-based diet. So I just think the way I've systemized that is rather than thinking about things I can't have, because that's a sure way to make me want to crave something. Because I can't, don't tell me I can't have something because I definitely want it. I decided that if the case at 80% of my meals would generally be plant-based and then the other 20% I don't have to worry about. I could just eat whatever happens to come to hand. And that's really helped me to increase my plant-based diet, which has definitely helped my digestion system. And I feel much better, much more energized on that diet. But that's what works for me. Hey, I'm going to encourage you to play with your food and experiment and find out what works for you and your system. But the other thing was this Japanese uh, concept I was talking about now. <laughs> I'm looking over here to make sure I say this right, but it's hara hachi banmi. Now, <laughs> I've translated that to hara hachi ban, meaning am I getting fully in my tummy? And if I am about to get a bun in my tummy, then maybe it's time to stop eating. And that has really helped me not get to that bursting feeling. And I'm wondering actually... Um, whether one of the reasons we crave to get that full feeling is that maybe as babies, I certainly would have known that in my generation, they would have kept feeding us to really fill our tummies because they then believed that we were going to sleep better. So I wonder also if that stretched tummy feeling is something which has a link to feeling nurtured. Um, so I'm going to encourage you to experiment with the 80-20 rule and hara hachi fun me. I can't say that. Okay, you know what I mean, guys. Look it up for yourselves, but eat to that I'm almost full rather than I'm over full. And I think you're going to feel much better for that um, rather than falling asleep in some sort of uh, sugar, carbohydrate-induced coma halfway through the afternoon. So, okay. So I have covered enough ground. And I feel like I've taken enough of your time. I aim to be 15 minutes and it's 27 already so I'm going to set your challenge for today first of all I want to say thank you so much for coming today and for listening and taking part which has been lovely to see the comments coming up and that in itself was your first challenge getting here showing up and paying attention and learning something um, I hope I've shared something that is new for you today that you can take away and remember that if the more you engage the better because that's points makes prizes but there's, here's a couple of other challenges for you. The first thing I'd like you to do is start to really take notice. Notice your thoughts around food and just start to tune in to some of that internal dialogue. Completely no judgment, okay? Because honestly, if you listened to what was going on in my head, <laughs> you'd be worried. Okay, so we all have crazy thoughts going through our heads all the time and we don't know how they got there sometimes. And it, do you know, at this point, it's really not that important. What's most important is that you begin to notice it because when you notice something, you start to notice your habits and the way you talk to yourself and the way you interact with things. Like I had that experience with wine, but I suddenly realized I was back in the 1980s looking at Black Tower and Leifrenulch rather than actually being a 50-year-old woman who's quite capable of choosing some decent wine, we start to notice we can go, ah, maybe it's time for a change. And that's how we can start to shape up and change our, our habits. So the first challenge is to notice. 
and if you want i've got a system for that too but um just message me if you want that system i can i can help you with that and then the other thing i would like you to do is create a meal plan okay so if you've got other people in your household do it together make it a fun exercise create something that's going to maybe last a day or maybe last a week depending on how you show up in your lifestyle but right now it's a fantastic opportunity because you pretty much know where you're going to be every evening and every lunch and every breakfast as we're not moving around so much these days it's a really good opportunity to do some meal planning and plan in those rainbow foods and experiment and play with your food i'm going to really encourage you to do that this whole week is going to be about playing and learning and growing together okay um so of course, share your discoveries here. Share them in the group. And if you've enjoyed today and you've got some friends who you think might uh, be interested in, in chatting along with me again tomorrow, uh, we're going to be focusing on hydration and water. As Sam said, yeah, that makes a massive difference to our energy levels too. Okay, I think that's kind of about it for me right now. I hope that you feel invigorated, renewed, excited, challenged. I want you to start thinking about the food you eat as a foundation for your day as you springboard from that place. And I'd love you just to have fun. So welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. And what is our second day on the five-day Spring Clean Your Life Habits, Spring Into Action, Foundations for Self-Care Challenge. <laughs> As you can tell, this project has evolved from my initial sort of thoughts, which was to set a five-day Facebook Live challenge. And I've really evolved the project along with some of the requests that I've had from clients over the years to cover some of the basics, really, of self-care. And I think that not everybody is conscious all the time of actually the bodies that we have and how they carry us around and they do all these amazing things for us. And, you know, our brains are often running all the activities except it's our bodies that are carrying out the functions. So, Really, I want to dive into more around this foundations for self-care because if we don't take care of our bodies, it does impact on our mind. And actually, for me, and this is my belief system, but the driver behind all of that is my soul. So I know if I am living in alignment with my soul and my life purpose, then everything seems to click into place. I'm much more in flow. So I'm really excited to be able to share some of this these ideas with you and I'd love to interact with you as well so please do keep the comments coming and yeah I do really you know appreciate being able to have a two-way conversation with members of this group and with a wider audience so I want to, to think about the fact that we are all connected so I think that the current circumstances have shown us that more than anything but it's absolutely true that um, we are all connected and probably much more closely than we realise. And if water is, you know, I think our bodies are made up of like two thirds water. I think our brains are like nearly 90% water. Um, you know, water is such a huge 
factor to giving life to all living organisms. And so I have my glass of water with me today. Cheers. Infused with cucumber. It's my particular choice. That's why water is such an important thing. And that's why I believe that water is a foundation to our self-care. I want to share with you some of the ideas I have around mindset and the strategy and the tools you can have for systemizing, making sure that you stay hydrated and that it's part of your daily you know, routine so it becomes automatic and you're not having to consciously think about drinking water. You are actually keeping hydrated just as a natural thing. And um, <laughs> I don't know if this is too much information to share with you, but <laughs> I did chuckle this morning when I got up because I thought, oh, I didn't drink enough water yesterday. So yes, we are going to be talking about some of the bodily functions that <laughs> get impacted or even prevent us from drinking as much water as we should be. Before we get really started, though, please do tell me, how did you get on yesterday with challenges? Did you have a go? Did you start thinking about your meal planning? Did it bring up any thoughts for you uh, that you've been previously unaware of around, um, you know, your food and the choices of things you eat? So I'd be really interested to know. I know that uh, one of the comments that I got was a friend of mine said she felt it was a really good reminder about how we can live aligned to our values um, through our food and drink. So if that has been helpful for you, I, I'm really pleased about that. So that's good. So how do you know if you are dehydrated? Um, there are quite a few obvious signs and there's some that aren't quite so obvious. And I guess I wanted to perhaps start with a little story. Many years ago, uh, my mum and dad owned a retirement home. And I, was sort of, I used to work there and on the weekends and stuff like that outside of college. And one of the residents, who was a delightful lady called Gladys, um, she was about four foot, I suspect. In her younger years, she was probably a bit taller than four foot because she was quite astute um, little lady. But she was feisty. And Gladys had been a spinster, so she'd never been married. She'd lived her entire life with her sister. But at the time she was in the retirement home, she was about 96. And as I say, she was quite feisty, Gladys. But what we began to notice is that Gladys and her stick became more dangerous to the other residents and to the staff when she became dehydrated. So in the summer months particularly, we noticed her, her she'd become more cranky and more irritable and quick to temper. And as I say, she was a delightful lady. So this was not Gladys, um, not her way at all. And then there was more confusion and disorientation. And what became clear is that Gladys could quite easily be susceptible to mild dehydration. And one of the reasons that she would experience this was because despite the fact that she was being cared for, she wasn't, she was given a glass of water and she wouldn't always drink it. Um, she was very good at telling you what she thought you wanted to hear. She was quite a wily lady and been very smart, I'm sure. So anyway, so with Gladys, what we had to do is obviously increase her fluid intake. And we found lots of ingenious ways of doing this because, you know, plain old water wasn't her cup of tea, as it were. But when I talk about, you know, some of the symptoms of, of mild dehydration I've talked about there are some really simple things, a mood change. You know, and that impacted, you know, the people around her. <laughs> Believe me, you did not want to get near Gladys and a stick. And it also impacted on her because this wasn't her personality. 
And the confusion and the disorientation, you know, must have been particularly uncomfortable and quite scary for her. And it does also bring to mind another client I've worked with quite recently who was about 86. And um, she was referred to me because she had hypertension, so high blood pressure. And um, her family were really concerned about this high blood pressure and felt a lot of it came from anxiety. And I don't think they were particularly wrong about the anxiety, but there was also a factor to play, which was chronic dehydration. Because I don't know, um, but a lot of people won't drink enough water because it gets them up at night. And this particular lady was suffering with not sleeping so well, and she felt that getting up in the middle of the night was attributing not, not being able to sleep so well. So she would reduce and restrict her amount of fluid intake just to try and get a better night's sleep. This was having a knock-on effect to her hypertension. And her whole system was really responding to this chronic dehydration. So again, there's just another symptom of, you know, being dehydrated and why it's so important to stay fluid every single day. So I've covered a few topics there about how you might notice. Uh, I think also there is, you know, other great, fantastic benefits to drinking water. So let's think about some of the benefits of drinking water. Well, for a start, it's fantastic at detoxifying your body and it's really great for plumping up your skin. Because I know, like, you know, if I, whenever I go skiing and I'm up in the mountains, I instantly get dehydrated. Nothing to do with the additional fluid intake, by the way. Um, <laughs> that might be alcohol based. Uh, when I get dehydrated, definitely notice the difference in my skin. So, you know, if you want to plump your skin up, make sure you stay hydrated. There is also um, a great bit of information around drinking water to help weight loss. So this is something I wasn't really very aware of um, before. But ironically, drinking more water stops you from retaining fluid. because The body's not going to hold on to that fluid if it thinks it's going to get regularly topped up. And also, it, following on yesterday's conversation about food, I definitely would say that quite often I'm reaching for the fridge when actually I'm just thirsty. And so that that in itself can be a really good um, indicator of whether you're really hungry or whether you're just thirsty. So that was a, just another little tip I wanted to share with you there about drinking water and why it's important. And if you don't believe me, just think about the difference between plums and prunes. That's what I'm going to say on the wrinkle front. <laughs> Um, I got another story too. So, well, two things actually I wanted to think about. Oh my goodness, three things have come to mind now. All right. So, first of all, water and how pure it is, and how you know. I think I said at the right beginning of the video, uh, we were talking about how connected we all are. There was a Japanese scientist whose name is Masaru Emoto, and he did a study where he placed some water molecules. Water with underneath the water glass, he wrote the word love, and then on the other water glass, he wrote the word hate. And then he studied those water molecules, and the ones that were underneath the glass that said love had beautifully formed crystals or shapes, and the one that was under under hate had you know just a distorted shape. I'm not really good at, at relating the science. If you want to look it up, it's a really interesting book. And a fantastic study, but it does go to show that it's really important the quality of the water that you drink. So have a think about the fluids that you're taking into your body. And if you're drinking caffeine, for example, 
I would suggest that that's a diuretic and that's going to impact on your um, the amount of fluid that you're going to keep in your body because I don't know about you, <laughs> I drink coffee, I need to pee. So it, the Italians are amazing. When you get a coffee in, in, in Italy, I mean, particularly notice this, but you get a coffee and they'll bring you a glass of water. So that's one way, you know, I think reducing the amount of caffeine is, you know, a really important thing to do in any event. But also to drink coffee and water at the same time might be a really smart move. I recently had a, a little podcast guest call with Claire Addiscott from Mindful Sips. Now, she was talking about alcohol and the impact that that can have on your on your well-being and your family and all that sort of stuff. But also what she's come up with is some really great alternatives, like non-alcoholic beverages, which can be a really good alternative to alcohol. And of course, <laughs> it brings to mind my dad. My God, my dad's aversion of water was beer. So <laughs> he would I'd say, Dad, have you drunk any water today? And he went, yeah, sure, I've had a beer. And it's like, no, Dad, it's not the same. And, you know, that's my dad. He's not with us anymore. But, yeah, he, he definitely suffered from them. Some of those symptoms that Gladys had, you know, there was definitely confusion. There was definitely some anger. And I'm absolutely sure it was related to his chronic dehydration. So how much water? Well, you know, here, there, you know, again, go do your research. But there is any, you know, all kinds of advice about between six to eight glasses of water to two and a half litres. We are giving off water all day in our breath. Our moisture contains a lot of moisture. Our skins give off uh, a lot of moisture too. So if you think about it as a system-wide thing, so how being dehydrated can affect your bodily functions, as well as the clarity of thought that you have, think about how much better you're going to feel if you stay hydrated and you can be fluid and move easily through your day because you're not wading through that treacle of thought which is a you know a real symptom of the fact that you're dehydrated just to recap then i wanted just to talk to you a little bit more about systemizing do you remember we i talked yesterday about okay so i could have a goal and it's great to have strategy for achieving that goal but i think we're talking about you know the equivalent of an athlete wanting to run at 10k well Incidentally, water is essential if you're exercising because it helps the purify the, the muscles. And if the muscles are really hydrated, then it's fantastic because they will keep exercising for longer, which helps you to build muscle because you can go for longer if you're hydrated. So that's really cool. One tip which I can offer you as a suggestion is to link drinking water, like reaching for a glass of water, when you would normally reach for something else. So I talked earlier about you know, how sometimes hunger and thirst can get confused. So if you're going to reach for the fridge or for a cupboard for something to snack on, maybe reach for the tap instead. Um, and then the other tip I, for systemizing, increasing your fluid intake that I can suggest to you is to link it with something else you like your phone. I'm looking around for my, I don't know what it is, but your phone. I mean, I don't know how many times a day you pick up your phone. But it's a lot. And if you can connect the picking up or reaching out to the activity of drinking water, it's going to be a way of being able to keep hydrated without having to really think, oh, I must drink my entire jug of water today. 
Um, this is the system I use. So I fill this beautiful jug, which I love. I bought a, a summer fate oh, many years ago. And I just love the color. Um, anyway, I fill this jug with my cucumber slices. Um, and then I take that to the office and have it beside me at the desk. And I, you know, I periodically top up and keep drinking throughout the day. And I know that that jug contains quite a lot of water. And so I've got a good active connection with the amount of water that I'm drinking through a day. So that's just one of the tips that I'd like to offer you there as a systemization. But I'm really interested to hear how you do it. Um, I've got another friend who fills up a plastic water bottle and leaves it on a kitchen table uh, all day. But I understand that people, you know, don't play water. It just isn't something everyone's, as I said, cup of tea. And you might choose to have a more um, infused waters. But I would encourage you to stay away from sugary drinks and squashes and all that kind of stuff. Um, not only because the fruit acids aren't great for your tea, but also thinking back to yesterday, you know, that spike in your blood sugar levels, you know, can really impact again on your mood if you get high from the sugar and the initial hit and then you're going back down again. So slow and steady, not drinking gallons of water any one go, just but just slow and steady throughout the day would probably be the best approach I can offer you to making sure you stay hydrated. So the today's challenge. Oh my goodness. So what is today's challenge? Well, today's challenge is your larger jug of water, however you choose to uh, retain it, uh, whatever kind of container you choose, Put some things in it to infuse the water, maybe some fresh mint or lemon or cucumber slices. Again, just want to park back a little bit and say, okay, if you're going to put lemon in your water and infuse it, make sure you get the unwaxed variety. And I would definitely go for organic because that lemon peel, anything that's on that skin is going to seep into the water, which you're then going to drink. So think about the quality, the food and the fluids that you put into your system. But take that jug of water and drink it every day and see how you get on. You know, just notice. I think the absolute key is to notice these behaviours because what we're doing is talking about spring cleaning habits. I notice, for example, that I will get up in the morning, come into the kitchen, put the kettle on. I've probably done that for like 40 years. I I don't actually want a cup of tea first thing in the morning. I have come to understand that actually a glass of water the best thing I can have first thing in the morning and then work up to a cup of tea a bit later but it's absolutely habit I still do it now even though I don't don't drink the tea <laughs> so I'm still working on it guys and then the second challenge I wanted to to offer you is this extension on the pay attention so start to notice when you reach for a cup of tea or coffee so when you're reaching out for caffeine um start to notice when you reach out for sugary drinks like fruit juices and squash or fizzy drinks, start to notice when you maybe reach out for alcohol. And let's say, do listen in to that episode with, with Claire about mindful sips. If you feel that that as a coping strategy has just become a bit unhelpful for you, Claire's brilliant at explaining, you know, how it's not about going teetotal here, it's just about becoming more mindful in your drinking habits. So those are your two challenges for today. Let me know how you get on. And I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's session because tomorrow we're cooking up love. <laughs> and so that's going to be such great fun I'm looking forward to that it's really good also just to remember remind you guys to uh, share and like and engage with the material because the more you do that not only does it fills my heart you know, with love 
It also helps you to actually engage with the material. You know, I talk about systemizing. Knowledge is one thing, but you've got to take that knowledge out of the book and get it into your life to really embody what's happening. Um, so get that knowledge from outside of your head and start to embody it. So by taking action, that's the whole point of having the challenges, is to actually make sure that you implement the, the tips you're learning. And I giving off lots of information here and some of it's going to stick and resonate for you and some of it's not and that's absolutely fine because you know you've got that thing called google do your own research but obviously check the quality of the sites and the information that you're choosing to read but i'm offering you sort of snippets of different areas of how you can improve your self-care routine because these are foundations and these are things you can do to help your body and your mind your soul every day. I really hope you enjoyed those special episodes from my Facebook Live challenge and you are going to take part in some of those challenges that I've set you today. Please do let me know how you get along. I'd love to connect with you and hear more about your own foundations for self-care. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed today's show, I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave me a review. And to show my appreciation, each month I will be randomly selecting one reviewer to win a free coaching call. Simply leave your review for a chance to win. How good is that? 